Hello and good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. You have joined us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer on God's Word. It's not all that uncommon. Um, well, maybe it's still uncommon, but uh, it's a practice that many of our congregations have uh, to encourage uh, daily meditation, um, listening to God's Word, mm, catechesis um, of both young and old, learning of maybe less familiar or um, just learning hymnody better by heart, uh, memory verse, and the like. All right? And also, of course, to pray for one another, which is something that, I don't know about your practice, but it wasn't something that was uh, a part of my practice until really being a pastor. And I think part of that was that um, the congregations I've been, belonged to haven't really encouraged um, daily prayer for one another as well. So we do that here. Provide some discipline for myself, but also for you. Uh, today, again, we're continuing with VBS here. So uh, the children are gathered at the, in the downstairs and we'll be going about to their stations. Uh, let's see, it's also Wednesday, so we have divine service this evening. And uh, we'll be looking at the three-year set of readings, actually, this, this evening, uh, as an alternative, of course, to Sunday's readings. And then um, normally we have catechesis at 5.30. Uh, the two that are in attendance are talking about maybe rescheduling for tomorrow. Um, so um, if you were thinking about maybe coming out at 5.30, I would say hold off at this point. Um, my, my guess is that we're going to move that till tomorrow at 5.30, and I'll let you know that uh, for sure in the morning. All right, good. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, let's say our memory verse. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. And with the, with the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. 2 Samuel 22, verses 26 through 27. Well, we talked about this a couple days ago, but uh, uh, what do you see here? You see, well, we should maybe actually, uh, before we I make that comment, we should talk about context, right? Um, 2 Samuel 22, right? So this is um, David praying um, after um, he had, before he had, after he had defeated uh, the Philistines on occasion, uh, des- destroying the giants at Gob, right? So there's, this is similar to um, what we saw with uh, the other Philistine giant, Goliath, right? Um, but also then on this occasion, he also fights against the giants from uh, the same town, right? Or the surrounding region. And so that even includes uh, the bro- brother of Goliath, Ja'ar Origim, the Bethlehemite killed the brother of Goliath, the Gittite. All right. Um, so Gath is the place. And uh, they also seem to be, um, you know, they have the six fingers, they have six fingers and six toes. So something is different about these people in Gath. 
All right. And then David prayed to the word, uh, word, or excuse me, spoke to the Lord, the words of the, of the song, right? And, and so this is part of the song that David sang in response to the Lord delivering the, the Gittites, the Gathites um, into his hand. All right. Um, so there's a lot to be said here, but uh, effectively, you know, this, the verses that you have there are David saying that the Lord deals with us as we are. Right? So if we are rebellious, he deals with us as a rebellious person. If we are proud, he deals with us as, as he does with the proud, right? She scatters the, um, their thoughts and the imagination of their hearts. Um, if, if, on the other hand, we come to him um, humble, then he treats us as a humble person, right? And uh, if we come to him, let's see, what's, what was the other thing? Um, confessing, then he treats us as a confessor, right? And pastors do the same, right? So uh, when you come to me, you know, if you come to me boasting, proud, or um, in defiance, then I treat you as one who is defiant. I mean, I can't, I have to tr- treat you not differently, right? So this has to do with the distinction of law and gospel, which uh, is a brilliant light in the scripture, uh, which is another way of saying this, that God deals with us um, as we are, right? So if we come to him um, comfortable in ourselves, then he, then he actually handles us according to the law, and he discomforts us. Right, but if we come to him uh, tormented in despair, then he treats us as one in despair with the gospel to make it, to comfort us in the forgiveness of sins. All right, um, I know that you know we'd like to remain in our condition, um, but God actually um, inverts our condition. Right, we see this say in the Magnificat. Right, um, he, as I, I quoted already, he scatters the proud, the imagination of the hearts, hearts. He exalts the lowly. Um, he tears down kings from their thrones, um, but he lifts up those um, who are at the lowest seat to the seats of honor. You can think of all the ways the scripture talks about this inversion. The high places he makes um, a valley, and the valley he makes a plain, right? He lifts them up. So David is confessing, um, the Lord deals with his people um, as they are, and according to their need. Good. Our psalm this week is Psalm 119, beginning in verse 145. With my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate. Excuse me. Meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love, O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord. Give me life according to your just decrees. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. I look at the faithless with disgust because they do not keep your commands. Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your just and righteous decrees endures forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Okay. First reading today is from Zechariah chapter 6. 
Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Receive the gift from the captives, from Heldai, Tobijah, and Jediah, who have come from Babylon, and go the same day and enter the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah. Take the silver and gold, make an elaborate crown, and set it on the head of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Then speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, from his place he shall branch out, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord, he shall bear the glory, and shall sit and rule on his throne. So he shall be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. Now the elaborate crown shall be a memorial in the temple of the Lord for Halem, Tobijah, Jediah, and Hen the son of Zephaniah. Even those from afar shall come and build the temple of the Lord. Then you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, and this shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. All right, we had some catechesis on this text uh, not that long ago, because we've been going through Zechariah in our summer uh, Bible class, Sunday morning Bible class. And uh, let's see, anything in particular? Yeah, it's interesting in that, um, as we've talked about, the, there is the command of, of the Lord that comes by way of um, Zechariah the prophet to rebuild the temple. And yet, um, as we know, historically, that temple, yes, while it's rebuilt and ultimately completed and expanded by Herod the Great, um, it's, it's an incomplete fulfillment of the prophetic word, Right. Here what we have, I think remarkably so, is we have um, the prophet conflating, or combining rather, uh, both the high priest, the temple, and the king into, um, really into one person, the man whose name is Branch, right? And uh, remember, um, Zion, the temple mount, the, the temple itself, um, the hill, but also upon the hill, the tree, Right. This is all prototypical of Jesus himself, of course, who dies upon the tree on the hill in Jer- just outside Jerusalem, right? And who is himself um, the temple not made with hands, right? The, the tabernacling of the Lord amongst his people, right? And so um, this is not fulfilled in the lifetime of Zechariah, incompletely so, in Joshua, the son of Jehozadak. But actually, his, his very name indicates to us. Um, you know, the, the future fulfillment in Christ Jesus, because Joshua and Jesus, it's actually the same name. Uh, we pronounce them differently just to distinguish them, but it's Yeshua, which is uh, the same word, actually, as Jesus. So, um, Yeshua here, wearing the crown uh, as a memorial as a, for the sake of memory, is to look forward to the king who will rule from, and, and be the temple, and rule from the temple, which is the throne um, also in the seat of the kingship. So, um, of course, you know the threefold office of Jesus as we confess it, right? But priest and king are here combined. Um, and then, of course, prophet as well, the one who speaks with the word of God. The council of peace shall be between them both, between the priest and between the king, right? In Jesus, in the person of Jesus. So, beautiful prophetic word, um, partially fulfilled as the people return from exile and the temple is rebuilt ultimately fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Good. All right, we're in the section of Luke where um, almost every reading is familiar to us. These all, Almost all of them have been coming up in uh, lections throughout uh, the summer for us in the uh, one-year series. So, uh, But it's worth our catechesis just to look at some details, and then that allows the text to really ring out uh, when you hear it preached.
right? Because you've already considered some of the particularities, peculiarities, whatever it may be. Luke 18. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even this as this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, he rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. All right. Pharisee and tax collector. Famous reading. Um, I showed you the Tissot, the French painter, you know, which is a remarkable indication of it, of course. The tax collector not having any, not even having the pious uh, clothing, you know, of the righteous Pharisee with his shawl and whatnot. All right. So, um, to whom did Jesus speak the, the parable of this Pharisee and tax collector? Right. We might say that it's to the Pharisees, right? But it, specifically, St. Luke says that it's to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, right? Right before God, meaning not, not righteous before man necessarily, although that's true too. Um, and at the exclusion that they despised others who were not as righteous as they. All right, who went out to the temple to pray in the, in the parable? <laughs> we have a Pharisee and a tax collector. The Pharisee's prayer, if you want to call it that, is God, generic, I thank you, good, so far, that I'm not like other men. Uh, not so good. Um, what other men is he talking about? Well, obviously the one standing right behind him, but also other kinds of extortioners, unjust, adulterers, right? As an indication of his distinction, right, he also um, speaks of his works, right? He fasts from food twice a week and gives tithes of all that he possesses, right? Not bad things to do, but do we do it um, so that we look better than others, right? Um, notice the posture of the tax collector, right? Luke gives us an indication specifically. It's not that he's standing and praying by himself, but that he's standing afar off, um, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, and he beats his breast, right? So that's a tradition that we, in the Western church, have continued. Um, well, not, <laughs> it's probably, uh, for most of us, has gone the way of the um, of the sign of the cross, right? That, oh, that's too Roman Catholic or something. Um, no, it's a sign of repentance, beating one's breast, like we see here. And uh, um, there's nothing particularly wrong, actually, about mimicking uh, the posture and attitude and behavior of those in the scriptures themselves, even if it's not part of your cultural tradition, right? So, yeah, eyes downcast, beating one's breast, it's the sign of penitence. And his words indicate as much, right? Not a long prayer, doesn't compare himself to others, simply says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, all right? Does God desire mercy or sacrifice? Um, what does Jesus say about the tax collector? This man went down to his house justified, right? 
And then we have this wisdom that's attached to this, right? This is the Lord's doing, that everyone who exalts himself, right, as comparison, in comparison to others, will be abased or humbled, right? And he who humbles himself, that is, considers himself of low estate, think of Mary again, the Magnificat, will be exalted, right, in the forgiveness of sins, right? So the humility here we're talking about is the confession of sins and the exaltation is um, the new life that is in the forgiveness. Not coincidentally, in the next reading, we have infants, all right? And why did people bring infants um, to Jesus? That he might touch them, right? But the disciples um, saw it and rebuked them, right? So again, a comparison here, the disciples consider Jesus above the infants or themselves above those the needs of those infants, right? But what does Jesus tell the disciples? We hear this uh, from Mark in the baptism, right? Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such, of the infants, is the kingdom of God, right? So infants become like the, the tax collectors, the prototypical posture of, of the repentant sinner. And so now infants are also um, the prototype for faith, right? But whoever, what does he say? To receive the kingdom of God, um, you receive it as a little child, right? Now, what do you think that means? What is it about child, uh, children, infants, brephes here in Greek in particular, brephos? Children um, have nothing to give and only can receive, right? So there, that's the parallel or the connection to the tax collector also has nothing to give and can only receive uh, the mercy of God, okay? So this is the posture of Christians before God. Uh, we offer nothing um, of any value, right? And we receive everything. Mm-hmm. The parable about justification goes well with the blessing of the infants, The Pharisee sought to justify himself on the basis of his avoidance of evil and because of the religious works he had performed. He was his own judge and defense attorney. The tax collector confessed the truth that the law condemned him and he sought only the mercy of God. Here is true faith that seeks mercy from the hand of God, certain that we do not deserve it. The parents brought the infants to Jesus for for just this reason. They sought the same mercy for their sinful children. These infants had nothing to boast about or to offer for their own justification. They needed to be exalted by the one who justifies. So now we bring infants to the waters of holy baptism, that they might be blessed with the saving declaration that they are made righteous for the sake of Jesus Christ. True humility always acknowledges that there is no righteousness under the law. There is only the righteousness that is bestowed upon us by the justifying word of blessing in holy baptism. So there you go. All right, let's say our um, catechism for the week, the Lord's Prayer second petition, which we uh, talked about in our BBS yesterday. Today it's uh, forgive us our trespasses. But let's say second petition, thy kingdom come. What does this mean? The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. How does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit, so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. All right, let's sing our hymn, One Thing Needful.
One thing's needful, Lord, this treasure. Teach me highly to regard. All else thought at first give pleasure is a yoke that presses hard. Beneath it the heart is still fretting and striving, no true lasting happiness ever deriving. This one thing is needful, all others are vain. I count all but loss that I Christ may obtain. Wisdom's highest, noblest treasure, Jesus, is revealed in you. Let me find in you my pleasure, and my wayward will subdue. Humility there, and simplicity reigning, that's of true wisdom my steps ever trading. If I learn from Jesus this knowledge divine, the blessing of heavenly wisdom is mine. Thing have I Christ to offer, you alone my highest good. Nothing have I, Lord, to offer but your crimson-colored blood. Your death on the cross has death wholly defeated, thereby my righteousness fully completed. Salvation's white raiments I there did obtain, and in them in glory with you I shall reign. Therefore you, Lord, my Savior, shall be all in all to me. Search my heart and my all hypocrisy through all my life's pilgrimage guard and uphold me loving forgiveness oh Jesus enfold me this one thing is needful all others are vain I count all but loss that I Christ may obtain All right. Uh, I believe there's a commemoration today. Yes, August 3rd. Let me get to uh, meditation here on that for you. Uh, three less well-known figures. Today we remember and thank God for his servants, Joanna, Mary, and Salome, the myrrh-bearers. Myrrh-bearers. The sun fell lower in the sky as Joseph and Nicodemus trudged along with the body of Jesus. They thought Joseph's new tomb would serve as a resting place for his body until the flesh was consumed and his bones could be given final, barrier, final burial in an ossuary. Behind them came the women in sad procession, Mary Magdalene and the three women commemorated today. Joanna was the wife of the, of the steward of Herod's household. Mary was the mother of James. Salome was the mother of Zebedee's children, James and John. 
And while they walked, the shadows lengthened and the mandatory Sabbath rest loomed. The men only had time to spread out the linen and lay Jesus' body upon it, no time even to wash the corpse and prepare it properly. It would have to wait. Perhaps they tied a band around his head to keep the slack jaw closed. Perhaps they spread the linen atop his body and bound it with bands. It might at least soak up some of the blood and fluid and make their work easier when the Sabbath was done. As the sun sank, the men rolled the stone before the tomb and left. In, fr- in tearful silence, the myrrh-bearers watched it all. That unfinished final act of love preparing the body consumed their hearts and minds all the Sabbath. As soon as the sun had set that Saturday, they hurried to purchase more myrrh and spices so that they'd be ready to tend to their master come the first hint of dawn. With the gift of love, they made their way in the dawn's first light, only to be met with utter confusion. The tomb was open, and nobody was in it. Yet an angels announced that they were looking in the wrong spot for Jesus of Nazareth, for he was no longer dead, but had risen as he promised. In fear and trembling, they ran from the tomb, unable to process what they had heard. Matthew records this as the moment when Jesus met them and bid them to rejoice and hurry to tell his disciples the good news of resurrection. They had come to bring the spices that would somewhat cover up the stench of death. He had risen to deliver to them and to us all the source of unend- to all us all, excuse me, the source of unending joy, the spice that dissipates the rank order of sin and death itself. He had risen to pour over them the sweet anointing of his everlasting righteousness and life. Yet the church rejoices to remember the love and devotion of Joanna, Mary, and Salome, along with Mary Magdalene, commemorated on her own day. Still among us in the church are those who tend to suffering, dying, and dead. Their love and care remind those who suffer and mourn of the nail-scarred hands of the one whose death could not defeat, whom death could not defeat, and his promise of everlasting life to all who believe in his name. Again, Joanna, Mary, and Salome, the myrrh-bearers. We pray. Mighty God, you crucified and buried... Your crucified and buried Son did not remain in the tomb for long. Give us joy in the tasks before us, that we might carry out faithful acts as did Joanna, Mary, and Salome, offering to you the sweet perfume of grateful hearts, so that we too may see the glory of your resurrection and proclaim the good news with unrestrained eagerness and fervor worked in us through our Lord Jesus Christ, who rose and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. We pray, O God, whose never-failing providence orders all things both in heaven and earth, we humbly implore you to put away from us all hurtful things and to give us those things that are profitable for us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the Word of God. For parents who must rear their children alone. Um and for our communities and neighborhoods. We also pray today in Thanksgiving with Ed, who celebrates his birthday. Uh, we pray for the households of our church, especially John and Diana, Carl, Jim, Jim Lindsay, Karen, Ron, and Sandra. We pray in Thanksgiving um, with Tim, who celebrates healing. We pray for our catechumens, uh, Matt and Maureen, as well as those children in Vacation Bible School this week. We pray for those ill, receiving treatment and recovering. We have a few new ones here. Uh, Marcella, Joe, uh, Pastor Shane Coda, who's um, Waldo and uh, Sheboygan, two congregations. Uh, Pastor Coda 
is in the hospital and expecting uh, to have heart surgery tomorrow. Kelsey, Dan, Brad, Taylor, um, who's having surgery today for his knee, and Pat, um, who's the wife of Jim. Pat is in need of uh, care to adjust her medication. We also pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, Paul, and Pauline. We pray for the uh, missions and mercy work of the church, especially the gathering place at St. Paul Falls. We pray in intercession for the disdain of earthly things. We also pray interceding uh, on behalf of Aaron Becker, who um, is being brought before a review board um, at her place of work as she's taken medical exemption um, under religious conscience um, from certain mandates, and it is in need of the Lord's comfort and strength and encouragement and the work of the Spirit uh, to give her words to say um, to protect her conscience. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. It's been a joy to have you with us here today. See you checking in the chat. We had Vicki on uh, YouTube. Then we have Karen, um, Don and Karen on Facebook. Defresh is on YouTube. Uh, let's see, Mom's on Facebook, Chris. And uh, yeah, you're welcome. It's my pleasure to uh, to pray with you today. For my, Of course, it's for my own benefit as well, as much as it is for yours. So uh, I look forward to seeing you, if possible, tonight, uh, 7 o'clock for divine service and uh, and then again tomorrow at 9 a.m for our prayer lord be with you all have a good day we thank you for listening to this podcast from saint john evangelical lutheran church sermon center in random lake wisconsin if this podcast is of benefit to you please consider supporting the work of saint john by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org that's stjohnrandomlake.org slash support and give today.